Welcome to the Serie A Show. And we are back. It is another edition of the Serie A Show. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, guys, I'm, I'm glad we held off a day of doing our usual recording because the Calcio gods gifted us an absolutely spectacular performance from Juve. What did you guys make of that yesterday, Chloe and Nima? I was stunned because all three of us were, we had our trepidations about Juve's ability to come back. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was, it was uh, totally unexpected. I mean, I think, I think we said last week that you, you do have that, even though it seems really unlikely, you do have that little bit reserved just to say that Juve never, you can never say never with them. Um, but I didn't expect to come, them to come out so positively after everything seems to have been so negative over the last few weeks. Um, right from the word go, they were on the front foot and they were just every single thing about them were so impressive. Um and, you know, obviously Ronaldo got the three goals, but um, and whilst he was the driving force, it wasn't just him. There were some great performances from Emre Chan, uh, Federico Bernadeschi, um, and Spinat Solar impressed uh, on the left-hand side as well. It, you know, it, it, you know, to be honest, it, it was great to see because um, we want an Italian team to go through as, as far as they can. I was absolutely stunned by Spinazzola. Um, Nemo, what did you make of the Spanish side, though? I was, listen, we, you, you mentioned it on the last episode, how compact they are. They really clog up the midfield. They're very organized at the back. I have to tell you, I was absolutely astonished at the level of possession they were willing to gift Juve. I thought that was the totally wrong approach. At one point, I think the possession was almost up to 80% in the first half for Juve. I mean, to me, um, what a what a poor approach they yeah, took. Yeah, uh, but for me, uh, i got to be honest, I uh, after the first uh, leg, uh, Allegri was quite justifiably and quite correctly completely slated for his his poor, poor approach and his wrong tactics playing right into Simeone's hand. But what a comeback by him uh, because he, I mean, Juve completely, um, Allegri completely tactically outclassed Simeone yesterday. Um, no matter what Simeone did, Allegri was in complete control. Juve, it was a perfectly executed and perfectly planned uh, match. Juve were not. Juve needed to score, but they never felt rushed. They never felt panicked. They were never frantic. It was controlled performance from minute one to minute ninety-five, and and you could see. I mean, when he made that change, when he brought Spinazzola off for Icar, uh, for Dybala, uh, hello, Mr. Freud. Uh, when he brought him, <laughs> when, he, <laughs> when he brought him off for D, for Dybala, that was when when the game was when, when Atletico were starting to work their way a little bit back into the game. He switches things up once more, uh, and then uh, you know, sure, they can. The, the, Simeone's plan was to concede possession, but also pack everything in and allow Juve not to go get it go anywhere. The, Allegri completely, you know, completely overran him. Uh, the movement from Juve's midfielder. I mean, Bernardeschi yesterday, that was the best game of his he's ever had in his in his life uh, that I've ever seen. Um, he was I mean, incredible. Matuidi, Matuidi was, was all over the place. Emre Chan, who's been ripped to shreds, 
that was his best performance I've seen in, since since before his injury at Liverpool. Um, he he got everything spot on. He got every single player to buy into how to play. Um, and and Chiellini was the best defender in the world yesterday. Um, no, it, it was it was this was this was a, in my opinion when when you get everything so spot on and, and every single player in your team gives one hundred and ten percent and and has a fantastic performance. Some of them the best performances of their careers. That to me is, suggests that it's a tactical outclass. Uh, it's a masterclass, tactical masterclass. And and Allegri, all you know, I've I've been a, I've been a fan of his and. You know, wow! That was that. What a what an what a performance his 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 side gave yesterday, and it's all down to him, if you ask me. I agree. I thought I was surprised at the level of scrutiny Allegri has come under. Obviously, they were very, very, very poor in the first leg, and I think all three of us mentioned that had Atletico scored that third goal, I think we're looking at a much different outcome and an entirely different tie. And lo and behold that goal that they didn't get um, came back to haunt them. Chloe, what did you think of just Allegri in general? Because, again, it, it sort of seems like what they do in the league is almost irrelevant anymore. And, and to an extent, that's, that's rightfully so. They're just so much more superior than anybody else at City A in the moment. But what do you make of all the criticism he's received recently? Because I, I think he's been really, really unfairly criticized yeah i think um a lot of people that you see uh, commenting on things on twitter i think they deal in absolutes you know either the, there's a defeat and and you know allegri is like the worst guy in the world or when they win you know he's the greatest he's the greatest coach ever it, i think you know a lot of people don't see um the sort of shades in between that and, you know, in that first leg, he did get it spectacularly wrong. And in the following league match against Bologna as well, they were awful. And, um, you know, as we mentioned on a previous podcast, they were very, very lucky to come off with a 1-0 win. Um, and after that match, Allegri said, um, we're going to beat El Atletico Madrid. You know, that, that's what he just came out and said. And, and, and to, be, to be honest, after two terrible performances, he made himself look a bit ridiculous for saying that. Um, but I think that he that he he genuinely believed that they were going to do it, and um, you know you've got to give him the credit he deserves for for that absolute like Nima said a complete masterclass last night. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that he, that he he wasn't awful in the first leg because exactly. he was. One thing doesn't doesn't exclude the other, does it? No, no, he he was. But, you know, everybody has has bad days, (laughs) you know, in such a a high-stakes environment. Um, There's always a chance you're going to make a spectacular error. And, and, you know, perhaps perhaps that it went so badly wrong has actually given him the shock that he needed to to stop being so cautious. And, um, you know, you can't say anything about last night was cautious. He, they completely went for it. And um, Atletico, they, they defended really, really well in the first period. Um, and I thought, oh, it's going to be, you know, hard for them to get through. But again, like Nima said, they were very patient. Um, and it, it was it, it was almost as if... Um, even if Atletico had planned to go out and attack and to try and take the upper hand, I don't think Juve would have allowed that to happen because they were so in control. And, you know, 
I think I just think with Allegri, it's it's definitely a case of giving credit where credit's due, and to to discuss it on a case by case basis. If you look at the overall picture, Allegri is a brilliant coach. He's a brilliant guy. So, um, but that doesn't mean he's immune to criticism. Just as you know, um, it last night warranted absolute praise. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, though. I mean there was one guy who tweeted at me yesterday, and I couldn't stop laughing because I found it ridiculous. Uh, obvious is saying that uh, Diego Simeone is an overrated coach, and it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> you know, he, he just had he just got it wrong uh, in one game. In fact, if anything, if you look at his entire career uh, at Atletico Madrid, they, you know, when when Real Madrid and Barcelona have been at a galactic level, he's dethroned them in every single uh, competition in, domestically, and he's been to two Champions League finals. I mean, and he's won the Europa League twice. I mean, he's won everything uh, with Atletico except for the Champions League. Uh, and, and he's built them into a European powerhouse. Uh, and and he's no, he's not overrated. He just had a bad game yesterday. Uh, just the same way that Allegri had the game before. I mean, I, I read somewhere that Allegri had said that uh, that when when Lemar missed that chance in the first leg, that that was that was what Allegri reportedly said on the sideline. That miss is the reason we're going to go through. I mean, that, that that's how li- that's how tiny these, um, you know, that's how small uh, of margins of error that is needed at this level. We're talking, you know, fant- you know, we're talking world class athletes, um, and and it's about performing on that day. Uh, and and Allegri got it all right, and his Juve got it all right that day. And I mean, we've got to say, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, it's just. You know, the man has scored 123 goals in the Champions League. I saw a list that he scored 63 at the group stage and 61 in in, in the knockout stage. I mean, he's he scored what what is it like more than 85% of the teams that have participated in this league, that, that in this tournament, he scored more than them together. Even I mean, it's just it's just insane. It's it's insane, isn't it? I mean, he 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 is he. That's why they bought him and to give them that extra edge. And and you could see that yesterday was the first time since he came to Juve that he showed that he's that player, that, you know, that, that, that they bought. Uh, it was it was an absolutely magical performance by him. And for me, now Juve are the clear favourites to win this tournament. Um, if they can play like that, they can wipe the floor with anyone. And I think it's not just, it's not just his own personal performances either. I think it's the fact that um he because he's so great he lifts everybody around him he um you know you see a lot of individual um stars that have maybe always been super talented um that they 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 just kind of focus on themselves and and you know that's fine because they're amazing and um but ronaldo he does um he does buy into the whole team thing and that he does need the players around him and I saw a, a little video of him encouraging everybody in the tunnel as they came back out after half time and um, I think that's a very important aspect of his game um, uh, you know uh, in the Euros when Portugal were uh, he had to come off in the final and he was on the sideline sort of encouraging all his teammates even though he had to come off and you know eventually they won but I think that that's something that's that's also really important about him and and another another string to Juve's bow at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw that video. It's great. If if mm. if you're on Twitter, I, I recommend looking for it. it it's fantastic. Um, 
also his gesture post match um, making fun of Simeone was top level. But I mean, you, that, you know, that when, makes my yeah, petty but level. I mean, when, when, I, I mean when as, Simeone... a, as a very petty individual, um, <laughs> that's a man after my own heart. That's <laughs> sensational stuff. Yeah, me too. No, but the thing is, I agree with that because he, he, you know, when when what's his uh, when when he, you know, when when Simeone did that to me, it's like, well, you know. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you should take it. Uh, you should be you know you should, if you dish it if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it. And I found his comments really petty afterwards, saying, you know that's that's his you know he wanted to do that because I did that. That speaks to his character. Well, why did you do that then? I mean, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you know, if if you're gonna be cocky, if you you know you, you should you know you should be if you dish it out, you should be able to yeah, take it. Yeah, he was absolutely listen. Um, a lot of people when. He was brought in this summer. They scoffed at the price given his age, which let's be let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, most of us would scoff at that. Had your club or any other club purchased a player of that age for that amount of money, but this is not any other player. This is one of the best of all time, and he delivered. Uh, he, I don't want to say he justified his price tag with that because you obviously have higher ambitions than making. You know, just getting past the first knockout, I mean, that's clear. But, my goodness, did he deliver on everything they ever could have hoped for. That was a sensational performance. Guys, one of the other talking points that I found interesting was the exclusion of Dybala from the starting formation of Allegri. What did you What did you two think about that? Because it, it certainly, in my opinion, was a noteworthy talking point. I think, you know, um, Dybala has performed poorly and you know there have been a lot of games where he's just been wandering around the pitch and he's not he's just not contributing enough um whether that's you know I think obviously that's partly to do with um his position kind of clashing with the way that Ronaldo wants to play in that front three and it doesn't really work and all of that but I do think he um he doesn't seem to have that determination, that that mentality of, of right, I'm going to make this work no matter what. You know, he seems to come on and he's just like, yeah, la, 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 la. You know, he's not really 100% committed. And, um, you know, Bernadeschi, you know, I have to say that he really is the opposite. He's he's willing to do anything and he's, he's clearly um, takes instruction from Ronaldo and... Um, wants to to get the best out of his teammate who's obviously a bigger star than him but I think maybe Dybala has got his nose a bit pushed out of joint I don't you know I don't know that's just a guess but um I think that well I I can't I can't you can't argue with the result that that actually having Bernadeschi on worked better than starting with Dybala I mean for me it's uh Dybala is, uh, is is a favorite player of mine, and I think when when we first saw Dybala under uh, Allegri, he he took these strides um, that really you know because they played slightly differently. And that that's the thing about Allegri is that he's very pragmatic. He he adapts to the best to get the best out of what he's got. Um, he's the kind of you know if if he were a chef, he's the kind of guy that looks into the pantry and says what have I got, and then builds makes a fantastic dish based on what he's got he doesn't need specific ingredients uh, and that i think is his, is is his um is his biggest strength dibala uh 
didn't, you know, they got to the Champions League final, but they didn't win it. Uh, and with, you know, with the players of Bernardeschi coming in and with the, you know, all the players he's bought, uh, now that he doesn't play the, the, the football he did when, when he, he first bought Dybala. And it's clear that there is something that is not, there is not, the, the feeling between those two isn't there anymore. Uh, and and it's, this has been going on, rumours have been going on for year, for, for about two years now that uh, Dybala would want to w- w- wants out from Juventus um, because of Allegri. And I think, I, I really think this could happen this summer um, because I don't, I don't think that he's, he's, he's going to accept being on the bench for much longer. Uh, either, either, I mean, if they win the Champions League uh, and Allegri decides to, to leave, um, then, then I think Dybala could stay. But I don't see, I don't see those two continuing their relationship much longer beyond this season. Um, because, he, you know, Dybala's in the beginning of his career. He wants to be the focal point. He wants to have the team built around him. And I don't, I don't see that happening if Allegri stays. Not as long as Cristiano Ronaldo is there. Not as long as, you know, Bernardeschi. There's talk of, I mean, if they buy someone like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic as well, you know, I, he, he's just surplus to requirements. But, um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, um, uh, Dybala. I, I, I'd gladly take that swap between him and Icardi in a heartbeat. Well, I, I'm glad we were able to wait a day to record um, so we could talk more Juve Atletico because uh, had we not, then I think the primary story would have been Roma, which um, if you want to talk about fatigue, I, I think I've reached my um, my limit because this past week, I don't think I've slept less in my life than that's someone with two very young children with a third on the way. Um Jesus, I don't even know what the hell that was. These past seven days just feel like a blur. It's been just weird. Tell me your opinions on this whole it's thing, because I weird. Like the whole thing has been weird. And then, but I'm really, really happy to see Ranieri back, though. I got to say, it was weird, and it ended. It really had a happy ending, I think, because Ranieri will guide this ship. You know, you'll stop hemorrhaging goals once. You know, I think after the international break is when you can really see. Uh, the, the real Ranieri Roma because he's just walked in there. He's at home. Um, he's uh, you know this this team was that that that's so was so damaged uh, under under our dear friend uh, Eusebio Di Francesco. Um, I mean, sure, you know Roma Roma against Porto. I think we're unlucky. Uh, Porto were good, but I th- I think Roma were unlucky. Um, and then. You just, oh, there you was just a match. Show, oh, know, we're not even talking. Show. Okay. I didn't even... <laughs> wow. No, no, but like all of that that happened. I, I, I mean, I don't know what you know. It's, it's been so weird. It, it's just been really, really weird at Roma. But I, but I think that at the end of the day, uh, it had a, it had a happy ending because Claudio Ranieri is, is exactly what you, what you should have uh, at Roma. Calm, positive. Uh, character who whose teams don't leak goals, who has organization, who can bring, you know, who knows the that piazza, he knows the club, he knows the city, he loves the club. Um, he, you know, he's a calm. He, he gets everyone working in the same direction. Ba- basically, the polar opposite of Eusebio Di Francesco. Uh, you know, to to his his sulkiness and confusion, there is happiness and clarity now. And and I think that is what will ultimately um, make this Champions League race really, really intriguing. 
Yeah, I think it seems to um, be a great selection for uh, lightening the mood at the club because it seems to, I'm sure you'll agree, John, it seems to have been very, very dark for the for the last few months. And, you know, a character like Ranieri will definitely um, give everyone a lift because that's, that's just how he is. And, um, you know... I, Di Francesco obviously had to go at some point and um, at least now there's, what, 11 games left to, to salvage the season. And um, in that period of time, I'm sure he can he can do what, what's required of him. Yeah, I, I maintain the second that it was announced that it doesn't even matter, frankly, what he is able or not able to do tactically. You both just mentioned it. it to me, this is beyond... This is beyond tactics. This is beyond four four two, three at the back, whatever. This is all about enthusiasm. This was absolutely needed. This was something that should have happened in December. And Chloe, I have seen three different newspapers today, unfortunately, say that Di Francesco would be wanted at Fiorentina for the Dopo Pioli. So this, <laughs> while you think you may have escaped the Di Francesco um, experience, you may uh, be re- you may be getting a sort of refreshed and renewed subscription uh, should he guess, arrive yeah. uh, at Fiorentina. But beyond the Di Francesco news, I think the shocking thing was Monchi leaving, which wasn't to me surprising. Um, he's been so attached to Di Francesco that you knew if if the club overruled him and decided to sack Di Francesco, Manchi would follow soon. So what did you two think about him leaving as well? Because, listen, everybody knows how I feel about him. I think he's a very nice man. I sent you guys a picture of the text he sent me just after he left where he misspelled my name. He's misspelled my name the last two years, so it's only fitting that the final text uh, that he sends me my name is once again misspelled. But truly, I, I'm curious as to hear what your opinion is on this double exit at Roma. I agree with that analysis. I think that you're 100% right there. I think they had to get rid of those two together uh, because it just wasn't working. Uh, you know, Monchi was, he just got everything wrong uh, at Roma. Uh, from the first day, pretty much, except except for Zaniolo, everything he's done has been a complete disaster. Um, Di Francesco has looked, you know, looked more and more miserable with, with every passing day, um, we, where he's basically he's he's, le- he's he's reaching Mazzari levels of misery now, which I didn't think was possible for any human being to ever reach. <laughs> Because uh, I think he's the most miserable human being <laughs> that has ever graced graced the, the planet. Uh, but uh, Di Francesco, uh, they had to do this, and you can immediately see that there was there, there was a there was a there was a lightness in their step. I mean, um, and and I think the, the, it's a, it's a good thing to get rid of whoever to get rid of Monchi and already start working on who they want to bring in, and and you know take a proper hiring process, and 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 you know, start building for the summer. I think this is exactly the right time to do it. I think, I think Piero Auxilio, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I 100% give credence to those um, murmurs uh, that are being spread around the peninsula that Auxilio could be, could be your next uh, sporting director, because I think he, he's, he would be, he fits the identikit as the Italians say. 
uh, Auxilio gets you gets whatever is available with the money he's got for the coach that that is there. I think I think I think Auxilio has been seven years at Inter. Uh, Marotta doesn't seem to like having anyone. He wants to have full control. Um, so I, I I really give give credence to those to, to that. I think Auxilio would 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 do a great job at at Roma as well. Um, because uh, you know he 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 can hand he can work if he can work at the you know the past seven years at Inter I think everyone I'm not stretching it when I say it's been complete mayhem and chaos and he's been the person who's who's kind of been the calm cool person that's kind of guided this ship um, throughout storms and I think at Roma uh, if you're looking to 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 build a new project and a new coach and all that I think he should be your sporting director. His contacts, uh, he has vast contacts. He can, he's good at dealing. He's got a great eye for young Italian talent. Um, no, I, I really think that I, I, re- I really, th- I think he's your next sporting director. I really do think so. I think as well, um, you know, quite often when there's a problem identified at a football club, uh, too often the, those in charge kind of hedge their bets a little bit and don't really make the necessary changes because they're afraid of the you know what the press might say what the fans might say and and you know they kind of go with a bit of a softly softly approach and you know whilst it probably is quite unusual to um let your sporting director go when the season is in progress as well as the coach i think for roma it, it, again i agree with you both that it was important to make that clean break to say right that was wrong we we made a mistake with that but that's over now. Draw the line and let's move on. And I think um, too often that um, problems can in a football club can carry over between coaches because not enough has been done to stop the rot and to make the change. So I think, you know, it was quite a brave move, but I think it was the right one. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, think it was the right agree. one too. Um, for their next sporting director, I do think it's going to be the, the current interim Ricky Massara with Federico Balzaretti along by his side. Um, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I do think inevitably happens. But we'll have to see. Um, as for manager, because Ranieri, it's been very clear that he will not stay beyond June. Um, the name everybody seems to be pointing to, and I know you two really like this guy, is Sampdoria's Gianpaolo. So how do you think you would fit in at the club as far as the players that are already there, players they could potentially bring in, just the club in general? Because he plays such a distinctive 4-3-1-2. Uh, Roma has amazing wingers. Um, and and I think that would be that would be a misuse uh, of, um, of that talent uh, that Roma have. Because I don't think the Roma squad is that poor. I mean, aside from the goalkeeper, which is an absolute disaster... Uh, that Monchi created, um, that 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 will result, you know, that, that will that will be resolved pretty quickly, easily. I think Cranio is a, is a safe bet for Roma, and he's young, and I think your goalkeeping situation is sorted then. Um, uh, what what needs to be done is the defense, and I mean, if you're looking for defensive solidity, Marco Giampaolo is not your man. Um, he's, you know, he, his, his, you know, this, this is a club. You're looking for a guy that can give you solidity. And our, and my biggest critique to Giampaolo has been this, this kind of thing where, where, where he, he can, he can build. You know, it's going really well, and they look unbeatable. And then for five games, they can lose 
7-0 or and completely hemorrhage goals and, 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 and look unwatchable. And I don't think that that's a guy that Roma needs. I think Roma needs stability. I think Roma as a club, as a, as a, as a piazza, they need a guy that can handle and lift the team during, you know, in terms of stability. Uh, and and I don't I don't think Gianpaolo is that guy. I, I honestly don't think that he he can he can take it uh, at a, at, a, at, a, at a at a heated uh, place like Roma. No, I, I think it in a way. Although I like him, I think um, it would be a bit of a Di Francesco esque move that he's not. Oh. <laughs> You know, he's not, he's very, you know, he's done really good things uh, in Serie A at some, you know, slightly lower level clubs. Not that Sampdoria are lower level, but, you know, they're not that very top portion of clubs that they don't have the ambitions of Roma. And, you know, to to just put him in, um, you could, you just could find another Di Francesco situation where he's just not, he's just not up to it. And, you know, he's, he's not proven at that level. And, you know, it needs to be somebody where it's not yet another gamble, yet another sort of. Well, this guy looks good at sample. Well, let's ha- let's try him and see if he's any good. I, I just I just don't think that's the right idea. I agree. I agree one. I agree one hundred and ten percent with with you there, Chloe. It, it, for me, it is exactly mm-hmm. the Francesco two point zero, um, and, and I think that 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 would be that would be a shame because I really like. Sampdoria under Gianpaolo. I really like Gianpaolo. Uh, I love the football they play. I just, I absolutely, I think he, he should stay there. Um, uh, if anything, uh, you know, if he were to leave, I'd rather see Gianpaolo at Fiorentina there because I think he, he can, I think that the, with the players Fiorentina have got, uh, that, that suits him much more. Um, and also the Piazza Florence is, is, is a similar place to Genoa. And, and uh, in that case, I'd rather see him do that. But I, I definitely don't think Roma, I think, I think it would be a shame for Roma. It would be a shame for... Um, yeah, because we don't, himself. you know, nobody wants to see his reputation spoiled in the way that Di Francesco's has been. Because, you yeah. know, I think we would probably, before Roma, that we would probably all have said that we actually... Um, think he he was good and he played nice football at Sassuolo and they, they were good to watch. So and now he's in a situation where really um, his his chance of managing another cl- top club is going to be probably a long time coming now because of what's happened. Oh, it won't happen. It won't happen. I mean, he, in my opinion, Di Francesco will is we're talking Bologna or uh, that that's the kind of club he will have to restart now. In uh, I don't see him. Uh, going to any of the top five, top six teams. So if you could choose an ideal replacement then at Roma, who are just a couple of names? Because Maurizio Sarri. <laughs> In Roma, to do mm. everything they do. I have been, I, you know, as a, fr- a friend, uh, uh, a colleague and friend who lives in Italy said, uh, w- w- when I tweeted that my dream for, for Roma was Sarri, and then that, that the three days after that rumor started, she's like, I swear to God, you started this rumor. <laughs> it's like I've been I've been hammering, beating on the Sari drum for to Roma for a long time now, and I will. I think that would be the ideal solution for Roma. I think that would be fantastic for him. It would be fantastic for Roma. You've got the players, you've got the midfielders to do. All you need is a goalkeeper and Jorginho. That that's it, you know. And, and if he leaves, Jorginho won't stay at Chelsea. So, so he'll join you, and and I think you know with the midfielders you've got, uh, with with the Casagnolos, the Cristantes, the you know even even a player like Florenzi, because I think he would play centrally, not on the not as a fullback. 
that that would be you know uh, that would be ideal uh, and then all you do is need is a goalkeeper you know and and get rid of Juan Jesus who I Santon and Juan Jesus especially Juan Jesus I mean Jesus that own goal he scored yesterday spectacular I, was I mean, one, only he is capable of that <laughs> yeah, it was the most beautiful own goal <laughs> I have ever seen, <laughs> no, not ever, but in a very, very long time. It was, it's one of those things that you see in lower level, lower leagues, like Sunday leagues, when somebody just like, you know, it was, a, we, you know, it, it, I chuckled a lot. And, and, and like, for me, Juan is just, you know, no, 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 like you need to get rid of this guy. And, and Sarri, Sarri, Sarri would be ideal because the football he plays, um, the, the the ability this man has to withstand pressure. I mean, Nap- Naples and Rome are very similar in that sense. And if you can handle Napoli, you can handle Roma. Uh, and and the football he plays suits Roma's tradition, Roma's history. Um, no, I, I for me it's it's a no brainer. You know, and I also think that honestly, if if Sarri came, it would it would also increase De Rossi's uh, career. It would extend it because I think that De Rossi would be schooled into a central defender because he's the kind of central defender that that Sari likes, an intelligent defender uh, that can play the ball well. And and De Rossi's got the intelligence to be able to play, um, to, to to adapt. I think so. No, I I for me it's it's just Maurizio Sari, Maurizio Sari, Maurizio Sari. Yeah, I have to say I agree. <laughs> um, you know, I think you know a place like Roma, the the supporters uh, want want to be entertained obviously there are certain um there are certain targets that they need to achieve but Sarri's proved with Napoli that he you know okay he didn't win the league but he achieved all the targets that at the moment that Roma want to achieve and um yeah I just I think he would be a, a a really good fit and he's he's that um he bridges that gap in between someone like Di Francesco because he's he's actually had experience at a top level club. I mean he came from Empoli straight to Napoli and proved that he could that he could handle it and tolerate it. He's already done that. So, you know, that's that's immediately put him ahead of the likes of Gianpaolo or whoever whoever else like that. Well getting to the fixtures this past weekend, Chloe, you 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 warned me not to get my hopes up for Fiorentina getting anything off Lazio. But, lo and behold, I was worried in the onset because in the beginning, Fiorentina, I thought, were very, mm-hmm. very poor. I, I thought they started terribly. Uh, but Muriel, another goal to his name, I thought in the second half, I thought Fiorentina were going to pull that yeah, off. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the first half was completely one-sided. They were just, uh, whew, yeah, we were very, if it wasn't for the standing goalkeeper... Um, I just, I don't think, I think it could have been three or four nil maybe even at half time because like you say, Fiorentina were very, very poor. Um, but I think in the second half, uh, they came back into it a little bit. Uh, he dropped uh, Gerson back into the midfield um, and it, they just, they just looked better in the second half. Um Muriel, I you know I genuinely don't know where Fiorentina would be if they hadn't signed him in January because he's been that player that can get a goal out of nothing, um, and and without that I think we would have been seriously seriously struggling because at times the 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 play is just not enough uh, to get a goal, 
Um, but it was an interesting tactical battle in the second half. I thought, you know, um, each each coach was kind of making a little move and then Fiorentina would have a good five minutes and then Lazio would. And, you know, it, it was... It, it it wasn't sort of incident filled, but it was very very interesting to watch what what was sort of happening, and it was a bit like a, a chess game almost. Um, so yeah, um, I didn't expect to get a point, but as I, I guess that's what a player like Muriel does for you. I love this man. I love Luis Muriel, and I think that his his uh, you know the, the the similarities with with Brazilian Ronaldo are just so. I mean, at times, he, he, he literally looks like him when he runs with the ball at his feet. Um, you know, I, I thought you were body shaming him for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Not the current version of Brazilian Ronaldo, Sean. Yeah, no, God, I saw something on his Instagram and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no uh, Vogue ma supermodel myself, but I mean, Jesus, I love, I love my, I love my carbs, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, seriously, in all seriousness, no, he, he, but his movement and his intelligence and his finishing and his class, um, I, 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 it will be so interesting to see what Fiorentina next season will do with this trio uh, if they if they keep him, because uh, I. Right now, if it were up to me, I'd I'd send Mauro Icardi and Ivan Perisic uh, for to, for Federico Chiesa and Paolo Dybala in a in a heartbeat because what can can we just include Benassi in the deal and then <laughs> yeah actually we can because I like Benassi I, I, <laughs> I know you do you can have him with pleasure <laughs> Why do, I, it's like the thing is I I remember this I watched him a lot when he was launched onto the scene by Samachoni uh, at Inter and and I really really liked what I saw. And, and he, I mean, he started as a regista, and then now he's kind of a mezzala, and he and he scores a lot of goals. And I know you don't like him, but um, he I, does I, score I, a lot of goals. But you know, for me, he just doesn't do anything else. He just doesn't contribute. He just goes missing, and he doesn't hold his position properly. And I just, oh, it, it makes me despair. He really does. Mm. Really no, I, I, know, I know what you mean, but like, I think I think that's more to do with with Pioli. I think. I guess, doesn't... yeah, I guess, mate. You know, I, 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 there, there was a, there's been a lot in the media um, to say. Um, he gave a bit of a a strange um, press conference about his future was not really decided, and. Um, yeah. There's and been I a lot of Yeah, yeah, and I, there has been a lot of speculation that he will leave um, in the summer. And I think you know, he will. I think I he think, will because Fiorentina are way too good to be where they are. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I love the guy. I love the guy, but I, he's just he isn't good enough. And um, you, you know, sound exactly I, like I did when I had Pioli at Inter. Absolutely love the guy. Nice yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. Lovely person, but he's just not yeah. good enough. No, and and you know, I I also think that um, after the sort of the one year anniversary of Davide Story's death and um, every everything that's come with that, I actually think that um, as brilliant as he has been throughout the whole thing, and I just have so much respect for how he's handled himself and how he handled the young players with their grief and everything. Um, I actually think that the club now need him to go so that um, everybody can kind of start to rebuild and move on. I think it needs a bit of a clean break from what happened because as as, as awful as it is, he is a reminder of what happened. And I think they need to now try and look to the future. And um, I think, you know, just for that reason, 
it, you know alone it, it needs it needs a new start really mm. yeah I, I do think Agreed. Fiorentina are far too good to be in the position that they are I mean I correct me if I'm wrong well I should pull up the table um okay so I was right so they do lead the entire league in draws they have 13 which is insane yeah. which at the end of the season um I mean that's over a third of your matches being draws that that yeah, is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think they need to upgrade. And again, Di Francesco being linked to that is um, pretty daunting. So, that, that 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 to me is that that to me is insane because you're just basically getting a coach that is on the same level as as Pioli and and has all the same defects. It just makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, he you know he's more, much more of a miserable person than Pioli is. But 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 as as a character and personality wise, but I just don't understand that. To me, the, Fiorentina should get should get someone that can shore up that defense because I mean the, the the attack is sensational. I mean, can they just you know create get someone to 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 stabilize that midfield centrally because you could drive a tank through that. Yeah, the, the midfield. You can actually land airplanes. We need, we need a, a midfield area. expert to come in. I think. <laughs> yeah, a central midfield. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like it's it's the lines centrally that are just non-existent no, no. And, and and if you can sort that out oh, we, me, you know it's it's scary five. where they could go if they if they had a proper top board. five yeah top five i mean if they can keep the three up there and, and 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 just get a coach that can sort out defensively and centrally fiorentina for me are good enough to be in the top five without a doubt the, I mean, the scariest name i heard linked with the job was rolando moran oh and I was just like, oh, oh no, oh, please no. <laughs> are the, are the, I mean, that would be the ultimate proof that the, that the De La Valle brothers just don't care. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just they don't care anymore. And you know, the, one of one of the, which one is the one that has a tantrum? And they, they've got two: one that has a tantrum and one that never speaks. Uh, Diego De La Valle never speaks, and Andrea De La Valle is the one who stands. Yeah, straight. that's the one. Yeah, because yeah, I always mix them up. No, because he, I don't know how many times I've heard Andrea De La Valle say that he wants to build a new stadium they're going to go in for it then five minutes later he's going to sell he's not even going to show oh, up he's not even there they're and then it's just it just goes round and round and they, round they named every year on the you know the rich list that's produced of the the world's top billionaires or whatever it is they're named yeah. on that list every single year but yet the team has to finance itself you know they just don't put the money in they just but it's, it's for me it's not even about putting the money in it's 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 about you know, if you're that rich, you do have the contacts. You know, put some time in yeah. it. You know, you know, put some effort and time into it, or sell it, sell it on, because this is just ridiculous. I, the thing was, they put it up for so much money that nobody wanted to buy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, we had um, Nima. I think they tweeted you and I, but someone lamented that we don't talk enough about some of the mid-table sides in City. So yeah. I wanted to do that now, only because we actually have. We talk a lot about the Champions League race. We we talk about Roma, Milan, and Inter, but there's actually a nice little race going on for the Europa League as well. Um, listen, I know you guys like to make fun of him, but Mazzari, what he's done with Torino, yeah, no. yeah it's incredible, it's spectacular. No, but I mean, this is it's fantastic. I mean, he's he's done exactly what I, at Torino, what I want someone to do at Fiorentina. Because I think Fiorentina have better attacking options than than Torino, um, and and that is that he you know Mazzari his his football is basically um, is anti football in the sense that he he locks the games up and then he counts on his attacking trio the three tenors at Napoli uh, to to work the magic for him up front. 
Um, and at 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 um, and at Torino, it's Belotti and it's Iago um, uh, Falke uh, to 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 produce the magic, and and they have, and because they don't concede a lot of goals, they don't hemorrhage a lot, and when when it, and sometimes they can do really really well when going forward. I mean, only five losses, eleven draws, eleven wins. Um, that's really impressive for Torino. Um, and five losses. I mean, that's less than Roma. That's less than Inter. Absolutely. I mean, that's and that's only one more than Milan and Napoli. Exactly. That's sensational. That's fantastic. And, and you got to give credit to that. And and they don't. They 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 they've conceded twenty three goals, which is one which is one more than Inter and two more than Napoli. They're the fourth best team in terms of conceding goals. And and that is all Mazzari. Um, you know, but the problem is that this is this is the level that he will reach. He can't, he cannot reach higher uh, because when it comes to because he doesn't know how to uh, how to play attacking football. Um, he, he he needs brilliant. You know, he, he I mean at Napoli it was basically give the ball to Cavani, Lavezzi, and Hamshik, <laughs> and, and let them do what they want. Um, and, and that's what happened. And and it can go really far. Uh, and and at Torino, I think. He's he's doing really well, but you think he's found his level world. there, really. Then you think he's yeah, that right is, that's 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 where he should be. Yeah. This is where Mazzari should be. Torino is the perfect place for him to be. You know, Europa League places. You know, I'd like to see. I mean, they've got Cairo as the owner. Who I mean, if you're talking about auto financiato, that that's that's basically Cairo's. Um, that, that's how he runs that club, uh, which is a shame. It's you know, I'd I'd like to see them maybe not maybe not go gung ho in terms of um, in terms of uh, you know spending wise, but I'd like to you know I, uh, you know a player you know some someone who can give them that extra player, and then you could see Torino maybe going quite far in in the Europa League perhaps and. Uh, and and be in those. Well, that would be great to see actually, because they're such a historic club, and yeah. you know it would be really good. Yeah. And I, I have to mention as well the form of the goalkeeper Salvatore Sirigu is uh, is been superb, and I think this is a big reason why they've conceded so few goals because he has been excellent. I mean, when we you know, as everyone knows, I, I'm a big fan of um, sporting directors, and and I think this, I think Fiorent, I think Torino is a is an excellent example of that. Um, I think you know they had uh, Petracchi, uh, who was uh, their their sporting director. I'm not sure if he's still there, but I, I, he's the one who who got Mazzari. He's the one who 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 got Sirigu. He, you know, he, he's the one that has built this uh, th- this team um, pretty much, and he he always gets it right. Um, yeah, it's Gianluca. It's still Petracchi. It's it's still, it is Petracchi. Yeah, it's Petracchi yeah. yeah, he's very very good at what he does. Um, he's great at spotting young talent. He's he's great at finding coaches uh, and 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 building an organization that can that, that that can that can do that and also maybe get you know sign players that didn't really make it at big clubs like a Jajic or a Iago Falke uh, at Roma and Inter respectively. Uh, and get them to perform. Um, he's good at building teams. He's really, he's really, really good at building teams. And I think Petracchi, uh, he's one of those, he's one of those uh, sporting directors that I really, really love. Yeah, and you also have right in that mix Atalanta, who, what an episode with <laughs> with Gasperini. Um, th- this is why Serie A is the best. You you just don't see this anywhere else. Um, Gasperini was caught pushing uh, a member of Sampdoria's coaching staff after being sent off. 
or maybe it was a backroom staff member. I forget. Um, but nonetheless, absolutely sensational. You, nowhere else outside of Serie A will you find this. This, uh, this is why we love the league. Um, but Atalanta, they're, they're level on points with Torino. Lazio with a game in hand. They are just two points behind Torino and Atalanta, respectively. So with that sort of Europa League race being fairly tight, just as tight as the Champions League race, who would you guys like to see and who do you think will eventually come out? Ooh, uh, I think, or what I hope is that uh, Roma and uh, Torino, uh, or not actually Ro- Roma. <laughs> 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 no, well, I'm not going to sit here and say I hope Inter go to the Europa League, would I? Come on. <laughs> no. Even if it's on the cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's not, not going to happen, John. I'm sorry. Just... No, but honest to God, I, I, you know, if, what I think will happen is I think it will be um, – I think it'll be Roma and Torino, uh, but I but I but I do hope that it will be uh, Atalanta and Roma because uh, I really like Atalanta. Um, but at the end of the day, I think given that the Coppa Italia is the way that it is, uh, the, the semi-final teams, I, I think that the ideal solution Atalanta would win the Coppa Italia and then they get Europa League spot that way, and Roma and Torino. <laughs> You're determined to annoy me and John here. <laughs> <laughs> Was I was I was I fishing for that? Of obviously? course, <laughs> in the Coppa Italia. <laughs> um, that, 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 I mean, I, I honestly think that the only team that can beat Milan in in a, in a final um, or Lazio for that matter, because I think that is the moral final uh, in terms of you know, those two teams are the way they look and the way they defend. I think the only team that can beat both of those teams is is Atalanta. Um, uh, I think I think Pioli will just hemorrhage against a team like uh, Lazio or or Milan in the final. Uh, so that's why that's why I'm putting my money on Atalanta. Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> after after Nima just shit on both you and I. Yeah. <laughs> there was no. Shit. So you want my predi- Europa League predictions? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got a bit distracted. Um, okay. <laughs> okay um, I think. I think, I, and this is not just, you know, taking revenge on Nima, but I think Inter are slipping. They are, mm. they are. Um, so possibly possibly Inter and, uh, it's hard to say between Torino and Atalanta at the moment because Torino are very steady, but Atalanta have kind of more attacking talent. So it's, it's, it's hard to call. So you'd probably have to say Atalanta. Well, We'll see how it eventually plays out. But if we keep an eye towards this upcoming weekend. Um, yeah, Eva, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, okay. no, no, I'll be well, honest. We have, honestly, <laughs> other than that, um, the slate of matches isn't great. Roma have Spal. Uh, we have Cagliari, Fiorentina, Sampdoria, Sassuolo, Atalanta, Chievo, Genoa, Juve. Parma, Lazio, Empoli, Frosinone, Napoli, Udinese, and then the Derby. So really, the Derby is the highlight. Yeah. No, you're right. There's you're, no point in talking right. about anything else. So what do you expect? <laughs> no, I I have a nightmare. Uh, I, I've had a nightmare scenario ever since they signed Piontek, and uh, I think it's going to come to fruition this weekend. I think I, I I think that Gattuso is going to do exactly what he's done in the other matches. He's going to lay low and defend, and then hurt Inter on the counter. Only the difference is now that he's got a striker that can really, really, that, that suits perfectly into that, 
into that into that system. And his name is Christoph Piontek. And I, with Milan being the home team and the positivity around Milan and the fact that Inter haven't won, that the Inter, that the Milan haven't defeated Inter in the derby for for years, the fact that Gattuso, you know, wants this win in the derby more than anything else, uh, Paqueta, and and the fact that Inter, that I think Spalletti is going to walk right into Gattuso's trap once again, um, is is uh, in the sense that he's going to attack frantically. And uh, Gattuso, it, they're just going to sit patiently and counter. So I think, I, honestly, I have a night. I really have nightmares about this derby. Um, that Pion and 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 that Pion, everything about him. This is the first Milan player I'm fearing, that I feared since since Kaká. That was the last player I feared that played for Milan. This guy I fear. This guy is this guy is going to haunt and 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 terrorize Inter for as long as he plays for Milan, uh, Piontek. I just see it. I just see it everywhere. And the fact that Inter don't even, haven't even played against him when they played against Genoa, uh, he wasn't on the pitch. Um, that means that De Frey and Skriniar don't know how to handle this guy. Um, I, I, it's just, I, I can just see him scoring three goals on Sunday. I just see Milan winning 3-0 and I see him just just like a cobra just attacking vent like just three chances three goals well, i read i read like, that they nicknamed him uh robocop because he's like he's just got ice in his veins he's just got no emotions whatsoever he's just like this deadly weapon against the opposition and you know it, it, off off the field he's just completely emotionless which is probably not good news for you nima but no, I know it's 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 totally going to happen. I can see, I can see us getting hammered in this in this derby. It's totally going to happen. Um, I'm I'm seeing it, and I see him and Paqueta completely just and and Suzo's always good in the derby anyway, and 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 he likes space. He's a player that can attack the space really well, and so is Piontek and. I think Spalletti, I hope to God that Spalletti knows what he's doing, that he does not walk into uh, Milan's trap, that he instead says, you know what, here's the ball, you do something with it. Because uh, I think that would surprise Milan. Uh, I think that I think if Inter started playing defending deep uh, and giving it to Milan, then then I think that would frustrate Milan. Plus you guys have got, um, you've got, you've got a match on Thursday as well, and Milan happens. Yeah, uh, I'm... Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah, um, that. But I mean, half the squad is out for that game, okay. so I'm not that. That shouldn't have any effect for for anything. I mean, Lautaro suspended, Asamoah suspended, Dalbert, uh, Gagliardini, uh, and João Mario aren't even registered for the Europa League squad because of the financial fair play restrictions. Uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm not worried. I, you know, the Inter will come into uh, it will come into the derby with with a full squad. Except um, Cardi, uh, he's not going to play, is he? I don't think he's going to play in either. I, mean, I, don't know. I was just his... genuinely asking. No, 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 no. He's, he's, his, his knee is injured. And I think uh, mm. that's what he, that's the his story. In... <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, you know, the last Sunday on Tiki Taka, when she goes out and is looking very statesmanlike uh, and talking about uh, how she and Marotta are on speaking terms and they are all... You know, families argue and then they kiss and make up and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think for me, the way I look at it is this, that the Icardis or the Kardashians, they gambled uh, and Inter saw their bluff. And now it's a lot of hurt egos uh, to try to patch everything up. But I think they've basically understood that um, this this has hurt them more than it's hurt Inter in terms of image-wise. Because 
they've just seemed like they, they've come across like clueless amateurs. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that's, that, that's, that's where it's kind of, that's why she's toned it down a lot and she's brought it down. And it's a lot about, we want to stay at Inter, we're Interisti, we're, you know, we love Inter, blah, 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 blah. So I think it's, it's basically the safe face because they, they gambled and they lost. Inter play, Marotta played, played them off the table. And may God bless that man. Like, it's just, he's, he is the best thing that has happened to Inter since, I, I don't know, since the treble. I mean, he's, he knows what he's doing. And long may it continue. Well, Nima, should they lose, they will be, and Roma win, obviously, they will be level yeah. on points. So if yeah. I was a, um, if I could sell you something, <laughs> well, if, if it uh, meant cyanide pill, no, well, <laughs> no comment on that. But if I could sell you that, uh, Inter win the Europa League but finish fifth, is that something you take? Without a doubt, I take that in a heartbeat. I take that in a heartbeat because it's so important to win trophies. It's so important to win trophies. Uh, it builds a winning culture. It builds a winning mentality. So I, without a shadow of a doubt, and you get a place that. in the Champions League Absolutely. anyway, don't you? So you still get yeah, it. Yeah, so everyone yeah. could be happy. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. So so moving forward, that's the uh, the the modus operandi that we're going to operate under. Okay, so Atalanta wins the no, Coppa no, Italia. No, Atalanta no. wins the Coppa Italia. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll trade you I'll trade you that for uh, Atalanta Cup win. Well, when you make omelets, you've got to break a few eggs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So real quick before we sign off here, um, who, who wins the derby then? No, no, it's, it's Milan. It's going to be Milan. It's going to be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dreading it already. It's going to be Milan. I've already told all my Milan friends to not contact me. Because <laughs> um, I, I just see it happening. They're going to win. It, it's, it, it, I have zero faith going into this. Oh, yeah. Same Are for we... me, Milan. Um, I'll make it a clean sweep. I, I will say Milan as well. Um, I just... You know, one, one of the things that I think Gattuso does not get his due, and I've said it in a previous episode, tactically, he has come so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and real quick, Nima, should Inter lose, yeah. is it possible that we see the goodbye of Spalletti? That's a really good question. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he were to get sacked in the, in, during the international break. It really wouldn't. Um, I mean, if, if you put it this way, Inter lose badly against Eintracht and badly against uh, um, against Milan within the space of three days, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the summer move of, uh, of a certain Portuguese man would to be already come in. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it out. I wouldn't put it past Paulo Sousa, you mean? at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean special in that way. I meant special <laughs> I as in... Safely installed at Bordeaux. <laughs> yes, exactly. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. Yes, we can. I have a friend who's a Bordeaux fan, and he's a journalist who covers Bordeaux, and he and he was he was he did he was like happy that Paolo Sosa was there, and I was like, I'll talk to you in six months' time. Yeah, yeah. people don't know; they really don't. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. All right, so we're going to leave it there, everyone. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you could continue to rate, like, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever wherever you're listening to us, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And until next week, we will talk to you then. Ciao.